to uh, just uh, get a, get into a few things real quick. Justice, will you bring me that? I, um, I'm kind of excited this morning. I'm excited every Sunday. <clears throat> but I want to make an announcement. Most of you probably have already figured this out. But in right, this right here is the final paperwork closed and debt-free on the blue house behind the building. <laughs> We, uh, about four weeks ago, I think it was, we, we didn't have near, we didn't have the money. And the people who had sowed toward this, uh, it's for the expansion of the Becoming Center. Uh, the people who have sowed, we were, we were actively making phone calls and saying, hey, look, you know, we're in faith on everything, but we just want you to know the deadline we set has gone. And uh, if you want this money back, we will write you a check and send it back. And everybody unanimously all across the country, every church that has sown into this said, no, keep the money, use it however you need to. We're just believing God that a miracle will happen. And I think from that last phone call, two days later, we had over $30,000 come in in two days. I mean, and it just, just mind blowing. So we are closed. It is ours. And uh, we'll be announcing, you know, things that we're going to be doing up there soon. We're going to take it. My wife has given me a mandate to take it slow. Uh, so we want to do it right and to excellence. And uh, I just wanted you to see that there is, this is happening. This is, this, it's done. It's notarized and everything. And justice has it. And you fight somebody if they try to take that from you. Punch them right in their, right in their big nose. Um, so many of you have, have, have wondered. We had uh, people ask April last week if she punched me in the face. And because uh, I had this big bandage on my nose last week. And just so you know. I did have a procedure done, and I, I'm not going to preach to you long, and that is not a joke because I feel like with these lights, I feel like I'm like in, in an oven somewhere. Uh, but I'd had a procedure on my nose where all the skin, the layers of skin were taken off so it can grow back healthy. I had some issues, but it's taken care of now. I'm just going to be ugly for a few more weeks, you know, because I was so pretty before. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're going we're to work through it. Uh, it's necessary that I be on the pulpit today and, and tell you what I feel like the Lord has told me to tell you. Um, so I want to get straight way into that because it's, it's important that we say exactly what the Lord said. I need to say two things. Uh, number one, we've already talked about it. The Blue House is ours. Number two, don't forget Dr. Barkley will be here next Sunday night, 6 p.m. Uh, bring somebody. Pray about that meeting. It's going to be a really, really good time. Um, take your Bibles. We're going to get right into this. Let me tell you something. I want to get off this stage really fast because of the heat, but I will not slow down and not do what the Lord told me to do. So we want to make sure we get into that. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We're going to read the King James first, and then I'm going to read the New Living Translation. <clears throat> And just so y'all know, because I believe in being transparent, I'm dealing with a lot of pain and heat. So if, you, if I'm taking my time, it's because I'm working through some tears here. Uh, but we're going to get there. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And these are scriptures that you've heard before. What I'm doing, and I've done it all summer, 
is I'm taking scriptures that we're used to and I'm trying to, to hit them from a little bit of a different perspective because sometimes we get jaded by the word. Sometimes we hear the same thing over and over and over and repetition, uh, repetition breeds contempt. You hear something over and over and over and it's so repetitive you just don't even hear it anymore. So sometimes you have to hear it from a different perspective. So I want to talk about this. <clears throat> Chapter 12, verse 2 says, And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Say transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Say prove what is good. Say good. Acceptable. Say acceptable. And perfect. Say perfect. Will of God. That's for you. Now, I want to stop right there because the last time I tried to preach out of these notes, I didn't get past that scripture. Because there's so much there. And we read this so fast. And we read, we may prove what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. And we just keep moving. Well, let me just tell you something. This word prove here is very powerful. Because if you have been accused of murder or rape or drug addiction, or if you've been accused of something horrible and you're facing a long prison sentence and somebody proves you innocent, that's a big deal. That word prove becomes really big. Can't you prove it? We need to prove it. We've got to prove it. You apply that same passion right here. Be not conformed to this world right here, right now, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you, say me, you may prove. How do you prove? You prove by being in His Word and in Him. You say about you and others what He says about you and others. You have to prove that out. People, when I first got saved, they didn't believe that, that Alan Bailey had gotten saved. And to be quite honest with you, I was so shady before, they didn't have a, they shouldn't have. But over time, they saw the passion to chase Jesus come out. And I proved, not that I owe anybody anything. Let's, let's be very, very clear. You don't owe anybody anything when it comes to your salvation. But these things to prove what is good and what is acceptable and what is perfect. Man, how would you like to wake up and have a perfect day? Think about, you know what, you know what my day, my perfect day used to be? Sitting on Dolphin Island with my feet in the sand. You know what my perfect day is now? Get up without leaving skin on your pillow. <laughs> Two weeks from now, I'm going to have my perfect day. My nose is going to be healed up. It's amazing how, how much your nose touches everything. <laughs> April will roll over in the middle of the night, wake up, look at me, and I'm like, because I, I don't want nothing touching it. It hurts. So the, the perfect will of God is very simple. When you, when you, when you live in this world, and you live by this world, the will of God is hard for you to manifest. This is not going to be popular, I can tell. But when you live in understanding what He's called you to, when you live in a mind-renewable state every single day, God can begin to talk to you about you. Most people don't want to hear God about... See, it amazes me all these prophets and intercessors hear about you, but they don't hear about themselves. Praise the Lord. They, they, they want to talk about what the Lord showed them about so-and-so, but, but they don't want to talk about their gossip. Oh, quiet. We'll move on. Whoever that hit, I apologize. Anyway, <laughs> there are two kinds of people in this world. There are people who are broken and know it, and there are people who are broken and won't recognize it. We live in a fallen creation. Y'all need to understand something. There is no perfect Christian. I hear people say this all the time. I'm trying to be a good Christian. There is no definition for a good Christian. Being Christian by definition means you should be good. 
But there's no such thing as a good Christian or a bad Christian, only a Christian. Because what you're doing is you're putting human mindsets on a, on a spiritual walk. You're trying to make yourself think in earthly terms of a spiritual way. The only, if you are being a Christian, just, just by being close to Him, some kind of goodness should come off you. Now listen, that doesn't mean that you're perfect. Let's, let's, let's clear that out right now. You're never going to be perfect. None of you are going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. April's closest one in the room and she ain't perfect. And I don't mean that. I don't mean that rude. I believe that. I believe April because she's, she's on me all the time. She's right. But here's what you've got to see. When you live your life in total transformation, willing to hear what the Lord is saying about you and your life, you have to be willing to say what he says about you. See, because this is what people do. People will say, well, you know, I know the word says I'm the head, not the tail, but. I, I, know, I know the word says that, that he'll bless me beyond measure, but. I, I, know, I know the word says that he'll heal me, but. Hey, get your butt out of the way. Just move your butt. I mean, just move it. it just, just get rid of it. Just because, because what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a position to where you're saying what he says, but it's not about you. The minute that you put that word in there, you're saying, yeah, this is for Blake, but it's not for me. This is for justice, but it's not for me. You know, because, you know, I'll, I'll, this, and this is my favorite. I deal with this all the time in interviews with guys for the Becoming Center is you don't know what I've done. Well, you don't know what I've done and I run the place. So it's not about what you've done. It's what you've accepted. God, people just, they, they want to live in their paths so much that they can't transform. They can't metamorphose. They, 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 can't, they can't change. They can't, they can't be put into that cocoon that, that when they come out, that there's some type of beauty there. Nobody can accept that about themselves because all they see is the problem. And that is because that's the word that you're putting in you all the time. Now, I deal with, when, a lot of people that I deal with, it always comes back to, and I'm not a big fan of blaming parents for everything. I think that's ridiculous. I think you've got to own your own stuff sometimes. However, you, you do become what your parents say about you. And if, if your parents tell you you're a loser all the time, you're going to be that. I'm sorry, unless you learn how to break that in the spirit, that's what they say. They are the authority over you. Parents, it's important what you say over your children. It's important. That's why there was always a battle in the Bible over what they would name their children. Because they knew they would become what they were called. Now, you don't know what you're called, so you don't know what you're going to become. And we're living in chaos and we're living in all of this. Where we're just bouncing around and wondering how's this going to work. Verse three, please. <clears throat> For I say through the grace given unto me that every man say every. That's all of y'all male and female that every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now. I'm a word of faith guy, but even in the word of faith, we take this scripture hugely out of context. And we say, well, everybody's got a measure of faith. There's no reason you can't have what I have. Have you talked to God about what he wants for you? See, the measure of faith is this. this when it says God has dealt to every man a measure of faith, the word dealt there is 
conversate. God has talked to you. Are y'all listening? God has talked to you about your measure of faith. Which means this. He has talked to you about what He's put in you and in your life that He expects you to grow up into by faith. Which means He should be involved in the process. And if you're just guessing that I'm called to preach or I'm called to this or I'm called to that, at some point, you've got to slow down. In my office for the longest time, and it's not there now, but I need to put it back up, there's a, there's a sign in there. Bill Winston, my, my favorite preacher, Bill Winston makes this statement and it is the truest statement about faith ever made. And it says, faith is only where the will of God is known. Only. Sounds like that. God has dealt to every man. He's talked to you. He's made you know. So if you don't know what God's talking to you about, you can't believe for anything. So the issue isn't, is God talking? The issue is, are you listening? Have you cleared out enough trash in your life? If, now look, hey, hey, look, yesterday I didn't move off my couch for six hours. Football was on. But that didn't mean, that don't, that don't mean that that becomes my God now. You see, if we care about football more than we care about Jesus, we have an issue. But see, I care about the measure of faith that he talked to me about, that he conversated with me, that he gave to me. How do I walk in it? I have to be willing to be transformed. To do that goes back to verse 2. You don't have to go there, Juan, but to go back to verse 2, by the renewing of my mind. Now, can, can I just give you all some, some, some theological background here? In America... In the westernized gospel is what we are. And you can turn it on and you can go to any church and you'll watch this happen. I do it. We all do it. We've learned how to preach where we lay a foundation. And then by the end of the message, we found what we're going to hammer on. And that's our big selling point. If you go to grow conferences, if you go to church growth conferences, they will give you manuals and they'll say you have to have the big idea. I kind of take issue with those things, but that's what it says. Jewish culture, however, says this. The very first thing that we say is the most important thing that we say. Go back to verse 2. Now look at this, thinking of that. Be not conformed. This is the most important thing he's saying. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? Renewing of your mind. That's the big deal. That's the big idea. That's the point. Then the rest comes in how to prove it. We like to talk about proving because we can get you to shout on that. But, but there is nothing more awesome than God telling you, you have a chance to be different tomorrow. I know me. I want to be different tomorrow. I want to be different. I want, I want to think different. I want to choose different. I want to talk different. People think the word of faith is just about slapping Cadillacs and believing for watches. That's not what, it's about using the word to work. We've gotten away from it. We need to get back to it. It's about making the word work in you the way it was designed. How? By knowing what was dealt to you. Is this making sense? You've got to take what has been dealt to you. Because most people, listen to me, please listen. Most people by faith want what they've seen others have completely missing the fact that God has something for them that's so much more better, but they haven't seen it yet because they're too busy caught up in what somebody else does. 
Oh, I wish I could pray like Miss April. Maybe you're not supposed to pray like Miss April. If you ain't ever heard her pray, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you're not supposed to do that. Well, if I could just get up there and sing like the girls on the stage. Maybe you're not supposed to do that. Well, if I could just, listen, if you're trying to preach like me, you're in trouble. Because I can't even string a sentence together half the time. But if you think this is your call, you have to get quiet with him. I was in uh, Detroit. I was in Detroit when we first started. How long ago was that? When we first started, that was 2004-ish, right after we started the church. I wasn't planning on going this route, so we'll just, we'll just flow with the Lord. I was in Detroit, Michigan. Well, let me back up. We were in the old building. Uh, it was just, I think at that time, it was my family, Donnie and Sherry. And uh, I, don't think, I don't think you guys had come in yet. Jason and Sheila Tingle were there. We were still early in the ministry. It was small, really small. And I had written a letter to a few people that I trusted in the ministry. Just sent out a letter, random letter, just like, hey, this was before we, you know, now we know how to go to conferences and plant a church and get 7,000 people. But we didn't know how to do that back then. I had just stepped out from youth pastoring. I had a horrible experience. The pastor in that church had said some very negative things about me. I was ready to quit the ministry. I was done. But the Lord said, write this letter and just send it to these people. And I sent it out. And I'll, I'll, I ain't going to tell you who all it went to. But one of those persons that it went to was Keith Butler. Now, if you don't know who Keith Butler is, in the word of faith, he's, he's, uh, he's, been around a while, very seasoned, very wise. He's not about flash. He's not about show. He's about the word. And I got a phone call from Detroit. And it was Pastor McClintock, who is the associate pastor of Word of Faith International. Big church in Detroit. And he said, Bishop Butler is unable to call you right now. He, he was running for office at the time. They're trying to change that state, which they need to. Praise the Lord. It's like Gestapo up there. But trying to get, he was, he was running for office and he was unable, he said, but he will, you know, and I'm already getting that, now listen, we're talking about renewing the mind, right? So he's telling me, you know, Pastor, uh, uh, Pastor Bailey, Bishop Butler can't call you at the moment. He's just unable with his schedule. So in my mind, we're renewing the mind, right? In my mind, I've already said, what are you even calling me for? Wasting my time. I mean, why, even, why shouldn't I even answer this call? Because I will tell you this, I got some phone calls from some other ministries that shall remain nameless that called me some very nasty names. Yeah, so I was already ready to quit because of local pastors. Now international pastors are making me want to quit. So he says this, and he goes, I regret to inform you that he's not able to, to return your call, but I just want to tell you, you know, we're behind you and blah, blah, blah. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm hearing Charlie Brown's teacher. You know, that's what I hear. And then he says this, changed my whole world. He said, but I will tell you, you and your wife will be flying out of Birmingham next week and coming to Detroit. Now, April Bailey said, I ain't going to Detroit. <laughs> they flew me. Now, let me just tell you this story. I don't think I've ever shared this publicly. I don't think I've ever done that. Maybe once or twice, not a lot, though. They flew me to Detroit, picked me up, took care of me like I was a king, put me in a hotel, put me in a conference, probably five, 6,000 people there. Y'all, I went to church with Kid Rock. I was sitting I was sitting where Jeremy's sitting, Kid Rock's sitting where Blake's sitting. And uh, so we go through this whole service, and I think I'm out there through like seven services. And finally, they grab me after a morning service, and they take me to the back. And they said, Bishop Butler wants to meet you. 
brought me in, set me down, and he has my letter in his hand. Now, in the letter, you know, I just kind of expressed, look, I'm a new pastor, just stepped out on by faith. I don't know how to do this. I need help, man. I just need that. That was basically the letter. I'm young, I'm stupid, I need help. So I walk in, we talk for probably two hours, which this man's busy. So I knew this was a big deal that he was giving me this much time. And he ministered to me personally and told me some stories about him and how he grew in the ministry and, and how he understood things and learned. And, and, and this is how I learned this stuff. It's because he said when he stepped into ministry, he, everybody thought that his ministry just exploded, but it was that moment that he heard God, not just preachers. There's, there's a whole lot of preaching there, but I don't have time. So we're there, and he said, what is it you're looking for? And I said, I need wisdom. I don't, I don't need money. I need wisdom. I mean, we okay. I, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. So that was that morning, that night. I got, uh, I was in my seat. They came and got me. They took me back to the back after the night service, which I think that night, uh, Bill Winston actually was preaching that night. And he said, I need an address. Pastor McClintock said, I need an address. I'm like, for what? What, what do you need? You need a home address? What do you need? He said, I need somewhere where boxes can go. So, okay, so I gave him my address, blah, blah, blah. And then I, he said, well, he said, who's going to be there? And I said, well, that's my house, so somebody should be there. He said, okay, so he, he pulls this tart back, and there is a cart, like a pallet, full of books, tapes, see, everything this man's ever written, preached, or videoed was in a pallet wrapped up with my name on it. And he shipped that. They had it before I got home. It's still up there. We still, I still use it. I still have it. Some of it's on tape, you know, it's all, you know, but I still use it. But now here's the thing. I was so excited because now I, I'm learning from somebody who has no agenda. They're not trying to recruit me. He just wants me to have the word. And so we're going through this whole thing and I'm so, I'm sitting in the next service the next morning and I'm just in, I'm so happy. I'm worshiping. I'm in tears. And the Lord told me, he said, and this is, y'all have heard me preach this before, but the Lord told me, I want you to stop worrying about money. I got people. That's, I was in Detroit when I heard that statement. I've never forgotten that statement. I said, I got people. So I called April. And I said, look, you be watching for a FedEx truck. They're probably going to have a forklift in there. There's stuff coming. And uh, so we get out of the last service that Friday morning. I'm flying back Friday night. They take me into, uh, they take me back into the offices again. And I'm thinking, okay, something's wrong. You know, why don't we always think something's wrong? Has is it, is it, is it ever crossed your mind that why don't we just think things are great? I'm thinking, oh, man. So I walk in, and I've got my Bible. Let me borrow your Bible, Justice. I've got my Bible, and I'm just walking around with it. And, uh, and it's Pastor McClintock, and he said, he said, Bishop Butler had to leave. He's got an event. Uh, but he said, you have stirred in his heart all night long, and he wrote you a letter, uh, and he said he wanted to give it to you, and I just, I just grabbed the letter, and I put it in my Bible, and I closed my Bible, just like that, just like, you know how I just, guy from Alabama walking around with his Bible. So Pastor McClintock goes, Pastor Bailey, you might want to put that up, and I'm like, what, it's, it's, it's a letter. He said, how about you open it, and I opened the letter up, and he had a letter, and he, he, he said some things that I, it's just personal about what I'm called to do, and he gave us a check for $10,000. And that check carried this ministry for how many years? A long time. 
almost until we came into this building. Now, I didn't ask for that, but I wanted my mind renewed. You, you, are y'all starting to see this now? So, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of my mind that I may what? Prove what is good and acceptable and perfect. I was ready to quit the ministry. Every minister at that time I had been under had used me and abused me to the point that I didn't care. I loved people, but I hated the people he chose to use. And I was broken, and I was pastoring out of effort, not out of love. And God used that one scripture and a man that I had never met before and only talked to once since to reshape how I thought about what I was called to do. Let me explain something to you. I want you to understand this more than enough gospel we preach. Please understand what I'm about. Hey, if somebody hands you a check for $10,000, you'd be pretty happy, right? I'm not going to lie to you. I was skipping all the way to the plane. And I kept checking my shirt. Like, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I was hoping, man, I hope they don't want me to put this thing through the x-ray machine because I didn't want it to X out the money. You know, you just think stupid stuff. Because we needed, we needed it bad, didn't we? We, we, we needed it. And um, I was grateful to be able to deposit a check. But you know what? That check was gone 10 years ago. You know what I still got? Them books, them tapes, them CDs. And wisdom from somebody with 50 years of experience and issues that I never have to go through. Because he taught me how not to go through them. Well, you know, he's not here. You don't talk to him anymore. Well, I talk to him all the time. But he's not God. He's just had an encounter. He just has a ministry that God used somewhere in the middle of Alabama that he'll never come to that has forever affected this church because he taught me in one two-hour meeting how to, how to not be conformed and be transformed. Now, he was blown away by the fact we had all these kids. And he was like, now, now, I'm just, now I'm just straight. Y'all know me. I'm honest. I told you. I told you, you know, about Kid Rock and all that. He said, you got how many kids? And you white? <laughs> that's, what, that's what he said. Because he's in Detroit. Black minister is what he said. I said, yeah. And I got to tell him the story of how they said we couldn't have any. And it was just, you see, God does things in situations if you're just willing to be you. Please listen. God never wants you to get saved to change you. He wants you to get saved to change you into the you He created you to be. Because your personality, your attitude, your humor, God put that in there. You're the one that made it dirty. You're the one that made it nasty. You're the one that made it weird. But God put it on you to be used perfectly and holy and enjoyable. Because what you got to understand is this. When you transform your mind and you move into, and I am nowhere near my message, if you move into what is good, would you say that, that, that being able to wake up in peace is good? What is acceptable? How, how, how nice is it to know that, that your life is at peace and God is providing for you? Wouldn't that be acceptable? What is perfect? Think about that. We don't even know what perfect is anymore. April made this statement, and, and if I'm wrong, tell me how to say it right. Now, she had somebody steal it from her so they could be on stage and look good, but she, she made this statement. 
She said, how can you know what wholeness looked like? How'd you say that? Remember when you text Arcana? How do you know what wholeness looks like when you've never seen it? How'd you say that? You don't even know how you said it. That's right. How does, what does restoration look like if you don't know what you're supposed to be restored to? Listen to me. That, that's, such, that's such a rich statement. I'm, I'm already preaching late. My nose, you know, I'll be all right. Um, <laughs> listen, preachers run around preaching restoration, 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 restoration. And they're selling you CDs on restoration. And go to my YouTube channel and watch. And I preach on restoration. But if you don't know what it, you're supposed to look like, what if your family's been so messed up for generations you don't know what it's supposed to look like? How do you do that? Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world. What does this world encompass? Everything. Your family, your people, the people around you. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Now I'm going to say this and then we're going to start wrapping this thing up. It's time for you to prove it. Prove your faith, not to people. Not, you, you're not trying to gain ground. How do you prove it? Listen to me. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm accused of murder, but I'm, I say I'm accused of murder in, 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 in Birmingham, Alabama, but I'm in Texarkana at a minister's conference and there's video of me there, how do I prove that? I take that evidence and reveal it. What is your evidence? It's what he says to you. He says you're the head and not the tail. He says you're above and not beneath. So when, when yourself, let me tell you, you got to stop thinking about the devil because you are your biggest enemy because you're the one, all the enemy can do is make you think and then you're the one that takes it and runs with it. You have to think of yourself how he thinks of you. That is difficult, I know, but it is very necessary because God has called you to be beautiful. He's called you to be restored. He's called you. Jesus came and he shed his blood for you to. The Bible says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. What is that? There it is. That right there. So you can go boldly before the throne of grace. And I know this has turned into a teaching day, but that's all right. That you can go boldly before the throne of grace. And I mean boldly. Let me tell you something about Jordan Bailey. Sitting right there, my baby girl. How many, how many lip balms you got? 600? She collects lip balm. I don't know why. What's your goal? Huh? They're all different from all different people. What's your goal? A thousand? By when? I can't hear you, sweetie. A thousand by the end of the year. You know who she's got providing that? You know why? Because she'll boldly walk up and go, hey, you know, Lip Cest has got a new flavor out. And, and April tells me, April's like, quit talking to her. Because every time you talk to her, you spend money. And then my other kids are like, you're just trying to get into heaven now because you wouldn't do that for us. <laughs> she said, I got a goal of a thousand for the end of the year. And she's like, you got any chores you want done? Yeah, I do. Now listen, let me explain to you about boldly. Now, this is, this is true. This really happened. This just happened two weeks ago. So she did some things for me. Are y'all okay? I'm a little over, but are y'all okay? 
she did some things for me, and and because I was down with all this, and I just I said, look, I'll give you, I'll give you X amount of dollars. You go do this, and 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 then we'll just order what it, she wanted. Something was like thirty bucks. Thirty bucks for lip balm. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of lip balm. So she orders it all. They take my card. They get it. They move the money and all this stuff. And then she comes to me two days later. And she goes, "Hey, just so you know, I don't know what happened, Dad." I'm not sure what happened, but we ordered like double of everything. So they want to know if you want your money back or if I can just get some other stuff. <laughs> now, I said, I want my money back. And you should have seen her face. Unshakable. Now, Dad, you know better. You know why? Boldly before the throne of grace because she's my baby. She kn that kid knows it, Amen. which is how you should be. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? Yes. Stop being afraid of the God who is begging you to come to him. All he needs is you. God doesn't need anything. Oh, he needs you. He needs you. Because I got a bunch of kids. People say, well, you got 10 of them. You can lose four of them. No, I need them all. I need them all because there's something about all of them that's special. And imagine that globally and generationally. There's something in each one of you he needs. He needs to use. He needs to grow. And this is why it matters. So that you may prove. You know how she's going to hit 1,000 for the end of the year? Oh, she can prove it. You know why? She got my wallet. She knows she's got it. Look at her smile. She knows it. She, she knows she's going to get it. And what's funny is all these little girls, she FaceTimes all over the country. Like She, she got, listen, y'all. She got companies sending her stuff now for free because she got so many. They're like, what's this kid doing? They're sending her free stuff. Let's talk about more than enough. And if you think that, well, that's because she's your daughter and you spent so much money. No, 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 no. She knows who she is. And what she loves. Because she understands the measure. Is this making sense? Because when you talk to your father. And you know what he's told you you can have. Nothing. And I mean nothing can talk you out of it. I'd love to see y'all after church try to talk her out of lip balm. You know what she's going to say? That ain't what daddy said. She'll fight you. She had one. I don't know how we got on lip balm, but we're here. She had one that she dropped in the parking lot out here when we were cutting grass. I found it. And I gave her a big lecture on value. You know what she said? You'd have got me another one. You know what she is? Correct. You know why? Just because she, she asks. She asks. My kids, and I'm using Jordan as an example because that's just a joke between us with lip balm. But, but I, I've reached a place in my life where I understand God not perfectly but more than ever. And so my children just have to ask. That's all they have to do. Because God needs us to be like Him. And the only way to be like him, if I want Caleb, and Caleb's a lot like me, but if I want, if I'd never met Caleb before, but I want Caleb to be like me, Caleb has to spend time with me. I can't just be like me. We've made that into a false religion. 
That's not how this works. It's time. It's intimacy. It's growth. What is worship? It's time. It's intimacy. It's growth. And I know this is probably not the flashiest sermon. And I gave up caring about that stuff a long time ago. But I know I've got a Father in Heaven that loves my head to be on His chest. And that's all He wants from you. Now stand to your feet with me.